G'day listeners and welcome back to the first Keeper League podcast episode for 2021. Uh, we're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and those that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper Leagues. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, it's been a, uh, a bit of a uh, short off-season, really. Mm. Um, I know we've done a few um, position changes, podcasts and things like that, um, but this is our first main one and it seems like there hasn't been much of a turnaround since we just did our last one last season. No, it's uh, the off-season gone quickly, but that's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. It means that uh, footy is just around the corner, which is awesome. Absolutely. Uh, not far away now. Um, I think only seven or eight weeks until we're there. So mm. very, very close. Um, so yeah, just uh, for those who are new to the pod or um, I guess uh, listening, tuning back in for this year, we're now streaming all of our podcasts um, live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. So uh, you can get around those and uh, join in the conversation there and watch us talk shit live. So it should be very interesting for you people out there. <laughs> See the magic happen live, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, so, yeah, since we last spoke, fair bits happened, I guess. Um, we all, I guess I was on the uh, the Traders podcast. Um, and the Hollywood Hef is what the, uh, people are calling you around the parts. I've had a lot of feedback from that. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, they've said, a lot of the listeners have asked if I can just keep you in check, you know, now that you're yeah, a yeah. big, big star, you know. Yeah. I'd potentially say you're probably one of, the two, one of the two most influential people in fantasy football now is that true? I thought you were going to say in the world. No, uh, definitely not in the world. Uh, you know, like there's Kanye West and stuff like that. I think you're a few levels down from. If Kanye, there was a Forbes like 30 under 30, even yep. though I'm over 30, <laughs> that you still thing. wouldn't make it. No. <laughs> 40, I'm going to say in fantasy football. I think you and Warney are just really the two big dogs of the uh, fantasy world. So it's my job to keep you in check. I don't know about that. That's pretty big call. I think you're disrespecting a few people that've been in the game a lot longer than I have. But anyway, the reason why I was on there is because keeper leagues are now in AFL fantasy yes, on the official AFL exciting. fantasy website. So our stocks are definitely going up. But uh, yeah, I guess for those out there who enjoy playing in keeper leagues as well, um, there's a new platform for us to have a look at. And we there's not a lot of information about it right now. There's um, the rules and stuff like that. The settings aren't out yet. Um, but to my understanding, it's going to be very similar to Ultimate Footy. There might be one or two things that you can't do yet, I say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I reckon give it time and it's going to be a pretty handy platform. So yeah, yeah I'm pretty excited for that. But anyway, um, before we get stuck in, Kaysar, we better announce that we've uh, got a new shipment of Remedy Kombucha yes. coming in. Um, so we've just actually got a new Cherry Plum. It's not new. It's been around for a while. But last year, all the listeners were tweeting us about Cherry Plum and we never tried it. No. So we reached out to uh, Remedy and uh, yeah, they sent us a shipment. Got 15 cases of Remedy Kombucha sitting behind me. The Great Roller Remedy, we call it. Are you yeah. ready for the secret sound, Hef? Yeah, let's do it. Right. I might open one as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give it a taste it's test, a good batch. Right. First ever time tasters. trying Cherry Plum. No doubt Hef's had about a case already. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually addicted to it. Mm. I did have one last That's night. That's quite nice. Yeah, see, I knew you would. <laughs> yeah, I was live streaming. Uh, this so. is the problem when Hef keeps the uh, kombucha at his house. All of a sudden, you know, I rock up one week and there's 15 cases. Next week, I come back, there's one. So That's an absolute lie, Kays. But you you're healthier than you've ever been before, <laughs> Hef, I have to say. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get stuck in. So, do you want to explain the concept tonight, Kays? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, tonight we are discussing um, three teams. So, over the next six weeks, we'll talk, um, you know, three teams a night. So, this week, we are starting off with the Crows, Brisbane and Carlton. Um, we won't talk about um, the rookies in this pod. We've uh, discussed that at um, length previously. So it's all about players who have um, been on the list, you know, one or one or more years. So we'll go into those people who are potentially a bit untapped. Um, and I suppose another thing to explain is when we talk about drafting in this particular pod, we're talking as if you're in an established keeper league. So yep. um, not one that is, you know, a um, 
a startup league or a, a brand new draft league for a one-off year. So, so we're when we say about- like draft Oscar McInerney early, you yes. don't mean like in the first few rounds of your startup keeper draft, no. you mean in your redraft. Yeah, this we're year talking if you've kind of kept 10 or 15 kind of players, yep. that's the kind of pool you're jumping into. So probably, you know, players from, um, you know, regulation one picks 150 uh, onwards kind of thing or top 200, that kind of thing. We're excluding them. We're talking about the keep, keeper league players. So hopefully that gives a bit of perspective. All right. So- Adelaide's first up. Yes. And straight after this, we're basically going to jump in to the Ben Keys interview. So, um, yeah, enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, it should be um, pretty interesting. He was an absolute <laughs> delight to talk to. And I think I've even turned you into a Ben Key supporter after this interview. He's a, seems like a very, very good lad. All right. Let's get stuck into it. Here we go. All right, listeners, we have a very special guest on the show today. One of the most talked about players on the pod, a cult hero among our listeners, the one and only Ben Keys. How you going, mate? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Nah, it's a pleasure, mate. Uh, just before we begin, um, I just want to say that uh, I personally have always been a huge fan. Um, I've never doubted you in fantasy at all. I uh, never said a bad word about you. And um, yeah, can you please just never go through my Twitter history? That'd yeah, be great. That's absolutely crap, man. <laughs> I am... The number one Ben Key supporter in Australia. I think I've got like an absolute swag of followers now as well after his sensational 2020 season for the Crows. He, uh, man, he just uh, kind of came from nowhere and just become an absolute fantasy jet. Yeah. All right. Well, so we'll, we'll, I'm not we'll letting pay that. you have any of the credit, mate. All right. All right. We'll a, pay that. Our listeners don't know that I'm bullshitting fan, anyway. Fan <laughs> all right, mate. Uh, we'll get stuck in. So uh, here we go. So um, look. You've, uh, last year, you kind of found yourself uh, home in the Crows midfield and in fantasy, you're listed as a forward. So um, in keeper leagues, people are pretty delighted with the numbers you put up, uh, especially playing in that position. Forwards are pretty hard to come by. Uh, this year, you've lost your forward status though and you're a mid only. So the question is, where do you see yourself playing this year and is there any chance of you getting some more forward time to earn that forward status back or where do you think you'll be playing this year? Um, oh, I definitely think it's possible. Um I, I, I like I like playing through the midfield. Obviously, that that was my natural sort of go from from juniors. Um, but sort of as you get in the AFL system, you start getting thrown around a bit more, and um, yeah, so we get thrown in different roles. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely um, roll through the forward line. I reckon uh, always sort of in a mid forward. But um, yeah, I spent some time on the wing last year, which I enjoyed, and obviously spent some time inside when we had a few injuries and that. So can do quite a number of things now. So um, yeah, it'd be uh, just see if I either nail down a spot or keep getting used as sort of a utility. So it's definitely possible. All right. So that, our listeners will be pleased with that. A lot of people are hoping you get the forward status back anyway. I'm hoping you stay in the midfield, Ben, and just keep <laughs> racking up big numbers. That's what I'm about. Um, look, apart from yourself, mate, one of the guys I loved watching last year at the Crows was the young bull, Harry Schoenberg. Do you know if he's had a good off season or has he had a bit of a big Christmas back home? What do you know about uh, Harry? Mate, I actually live with Harry and he's standing about five metres away from me in his bedroom and no, he's been fantastic. He's um, he's had a great, great off-season. Um, yeah, he's a ripping fella. Yeah, love living with Harry. He's, um, yeah, he's a good player. We, we both went um, tick 24 in our respective drafts as well, so there was a little bit of a sort of link there, which we uh, we thought was interesting. So yeah, we... Um, yeah, we're pretty close, and now like uh, like mentoring him and working with him, and um, he's he's an absolute gun player. He's gonna be he's gonna be very good, I reckon. So um, yeah, he's uh, he's a joy to, to play with. One to have on your radar for sure as uh, fantasy watchers. Now, uh, I'm tipping for Rory Sloan to kind of get back to some good form in 2021. Had a bit of a quiet year last year. I think he had a few injuries in the preseason. Uh, is he kind of tracking all right? And the big question is, is he as nice a bloke as everyone says he is? 
Yeah, he, to answer that last question, he absolutely is. He, he's just a <laughs> ripper. Um, I, I love him. Um, yeah, he had, he, he had a few, I think he had a thumb injury, which set him back for quite a while. He's had thumb surgery during the year, so um, that obviously affected him a bit. But, yeah, he'll be looking to bounce back. He's, he's the ultimate professional, so um, one of those guys that's, that's definitely not going to drop off um, as he sort of gets, gets older. Um, he's so important for us as well. Obviously, young group, leadership-wise, um, he's, he's so important. And, yeah, he just uh, just bleeds for the Adelaide Footy Club, which I love. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely tipping him to um, have a big 21. Yeah, there'll be a lot of coaches um, looking at him just because he's uh, yeah has dropped a bit in value, I think, as well. So, um, yeah, if he bounces back, a lot of people will be happy with that. All right, so uh, a big question. So, Brad Crouch is... Uh, you know, obviously um, taken off, moved to St Kilda. So you're now the number one midfielder, obviously, at uh, the Crows. 100%. So, um, yep. <laughs> uh, but there is a kid you've picked up from GWS named uh, Jackson Haitley, uh, which we're both big fans of. So where do you see him slotting in? Do you reckon he's straight into the midfield? Is he on a halfback role? What do you think he's going to do this year? Oh, I reckon he'll, he'll get used to the midfield. Um, he, he's, he's been ripping, Nick. He's, he's strong and he's actually he's actually a very good runner as well. He actually surprised me a bit with his, um, his long distance running in the first couple of weeks um, pre-Christmas. So didn't know that he had that sort of tank. So that's always good to good to see. And yeah, he's probably just starved a bit of opportunity in that um, that gun GWS side that has, has so many gun players. So um, I reckon he'd be a perfect life replacement um, um, for Brad Crouch. Um, yeah, he'll be exciting to, to watch. We love to know guys are tearing up the uh, the track in the preseason. So if he's got a good running tank, you've got a pretty good running tank too, don't you, Ben? You usually win the time trials. How'd you go before Christmas? Yeah, no, I'm up there. I've, I've never actually won a time trial in my career, but I'm always up sort of around the mark. So nice. Um, we're actually doing it on Saturday. So hopefully uh, I'm up there again. But I think Lockie Scholl is the favourite to win this year. He's he's okay. coming out of nowhere with his running. He's He's flying um, from a from a running perspective, so I reckon he's the uh, he's the tip to win. And yeah, I think me, Jacko, and Chase Jones won't be too far behind. Very nice. Um, now, how big is AFL fantasy amongst the Crows boys? I see a few of the lads like uh, Tommy Doday and Rory Laird get into the NFL uh, stuff. Is there anyone into the AFL side of stuff? Uh, there wasn't there wasn't an AFL league this year uh, at Brisbane. We did a we did an AFL league a uh, draft league every year. Um, nice. I did I did that a couple of times. But no, nah, there's um there's a, a Premier League fantasy. Uh, there's an NFL one as well. I think some of the boys do NBA as well. So there's there's all sorts of fantasy leagues going around. I, I'm uh, I've done it for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure uh, not sure whether to get back into it or not. Sort of like just. Switching off, I, I found myself um, when I did do fantasy, start to watch games and focus in on the on your fantasy players, and you don't know <laughs> yeah. actually watching the, watching the game, which is probably important for, for for someone to sort of watch other teams. I ended up just watching my players and wanting them to pick up possessions. So <laughs> I know that feeling. Well, it's very important for uh, actual AFL players to you know take note of their own fantasy scoring, so us fantasy coaches can uh, get some good scores on the back of it. So make sure you get the league up and running, so yeah. uh, they all pick themselves and go all right in that. A few one twos coming out of defence or something like that, mate, would be great for my fantasy side. I'll do it next year if you can do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it's not nice when you when you're playing reserves and you're sitting there watching your senior team play and you're actually cheering for the opposition players to, <laughs> to tear the team up. So I think that's the point where you say I probably should step back from this. Yeah, no, fair that's enough. that's fair enough. Um, all right, so there's a lot of um, fresh faces down at Westlake's now. So you got Tilthorpe who comes in as a big man, but players like Sam Berry and uh, Luke Pedler put up some seriously good junior fantasy numbers. Do you see any of those boys getting a game early? 
Yeah, I think they're, they're all a chance. Um, all three that you just mentioned, um, they're all obviously got pretty big raps on them um, from juniors, um, or from what I've heard at least. Um, and there's a couple, yeah, a couple of the guys you mentioned, Peddler and Barry, they're, they're, they're bulls. They look like absolute um, inside bulls that can really win the footy. So, um, yeah, they, they, they're probably good good options for, for the cheaper sort of first-year players that, that, that might play early and make some cash. So, um, yeah, I definitely think they're, uh, they're going to be add good value to our team and, um, and, yeah, really push some of the older boys to make sure they, you know, keep improving and try and hold their spots because they've got these, uh, these bulls knocking on the door. Nice. Now, uh, while we're touching on that, is there any, like, Smokies from the Crows who you think might be a good breakout? You said Lockie Shaw was tearing up the track. Uh, anyone else that's good for the Crows and probably even for your old side, Brisbane, anyone that kind of flies under the radar uh, fantasy-wise or that you've heard of who's having a good preseason back at uh, Brisbane? Uh, well, for us, I think um, Wayne Miller is probably going to be one um, to watch out for. Um, he obviously yep. had a pretty disappointing 2020 with, with a foot injury that dragged on after round one. So it was yep. disappointing to be able to not get more games into him, but he's, he's a special talent. He's, uh, you know, a fantastic bloke. He's got a, you know, mature head on his shoulders and he's, he's done everything right to get back. So, and he racks the footy up and, and uses it really well. He's one of our best ball users. So, uh, he's probably one from Adelaide to look out for. And, um, Probably back from Brisbane, I reckon um, as a rough option, Tom Fullerton um, could be a big chance to, mm. to push up now that Steph Martin's um, moved on uh, to the Western Bulldogs. There's sort of a void there, um, which Oscar McInerney might fill, but I reckon yep. Tom Fullerton might be a good second option there as, as a ruckman. That's a big scoop. I didn't even have him on radar, so yep. thanks for that, mate. No, put, add that to the black book. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. We'll- Moving up the draft ranks now. <laughs> Listeners will be uh, bumping him up too. Um, all right, this question is mainly directed at Kays, but um, you can tune in here, Ben, because it is about you. Um, so, Kays, you own okay. Ben Keys in our keeper league. I do, all right. So, And we talked about earlier that he's lost his forward status. Now, mid-only, it makes a tough decision to keep him in your keeper league team. And this is a question our listeners want to know as well. The question is, will you be keeping Ben in 2021? And, you know, does he make your best 16 players in your squad? Well... Luckily enough, Ben's on my rookie list because I uh, saw him uh, when I picked up his last year at Brisbane because I thought he was going to jump in on that Brisbane side, but unfortunately didn't get there. But then when he came to Adelaide and just absolutely started dominating, uh, I was very happy. But if you think about it, mate, I don't know if you know this, Ben, but you were the 137th best fantasy scorer in AFL last season. So if that's not worthy of a keeper league spot, I don't know what is. So Fair enough. I'm not going to let Hef, you know, have a go, mate. You are, you are definitely on the up and I think a big 2021's in store for you, mate. I'm just feeling really Good about top it. 150 is very good result for me. I'm very happy. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back. Was it top three in the BNF and top 137 AFL fantasy, mate? That is uh, what a year. <laughs> we actually have a, um, a saying 2G4P, which means you're too good for the podcast because we only talk about the lesser knowns and you actually got the P status last season. So um, yeah. I'll bring you up oh, every brilliant. episode. Don't worry about that. <laughs> 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 and uh, last question before we let you go, mate. Um, I saw a bit of uh, sneaky modelling happening uh, in the off season, a little bit of Noosa longboards work. Is that uh, something for a mate? Is it good gear? What's the inside scoop there? Is this a little career path after footy? What's the go? Yeah, my good friend uh, Ash from Brisbane, um, someone I sort of grew up with his dad, um, run Noosa longboards. So it was a little favour to them. I uh, got a little bit of cash as well and a bit of free <laughs> merch. And I love, love the Noosa longboards merch. So I was happy to help out. And yeah, it's actually, it's, it's reached more people than I thought it would, to be honest. So. 
Um, yeah, might have to keep that in the back pocket and see if, uh, see if they're selling post footy. Yeah, uh, mate, you might have to renegotiate a contract there if you're selling all well, the... Especially uh, after this podcast, point. there's going to be thousands of people jumping on. So, yep. uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Uh, well, thanks for your time. Um, our listeners will have loved hearing from you, uh, given how much we talk about you on the pod. So um, keep up the good work at the Crows and uh, good luck for 2021. No worries, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for having the chat. Cheers, mate. See ya. There you go, legends. Our very first uh, AFL player guest on the podcast, uh, Ben Keys, having a chat to us about uh, all sorts of things, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of good info there. Um, I guess the Jackson Haley stuff, um, you know, the young guns that are going to be coming through the Crows list, um, some really good insight there as well. Well, he did give us the hot tip on Lockie Scholl uh, being the fittest bloke at the Crows. And what he happened? Took, he took out the uh, the time trial ahead of uh, Ben on the weekend. So. I mean, he predicted the future. That's he it. did. So, That's yeah. how like, bloody good Ben Keys is. <laughs> Finally, you've come to you've woken up about exactly time. oh I love the guy now he's my favourite person <laughs> in the world um, yeah so oh, I won't go into the uh, the Keeper League group password that's uh, something for the gold members uh, joke that they can enjoy um, I feel like a dick for actually mentioning that now, but, yes uh, you're a massive dick but <laughs> we won't touch say. that but uh, look hopefully we can get a couple more uh, AFL players on over the preseason we've got a few feelers out there so yeah. um, it's been a good little interview so hopefully if we can get a few more of them it will give a shine a bit of light on some of the uh, the youngsters at some of these clubs around the um, competition definitely alright Okay, let's get stuck into the Crows. So you've yep. had a look at their best 22s. Do you want to read mm-hmm. them out from uh, defence? Sure. Uh, we'll start off with the back line. Tom Duday, Daniel Talia, Luke Brown, then Rory Laird, Fisher Mackesee, Wayne Miller. Uh, through the wing, Brody Smith, Rory Sloan and Lockie Scholl. Uh, then we have Tom Lynch, Taylor Walker, Shane McAdam uh, with Elliot Himmelberg, Darcy Fogarty and Lockie Murphy. Uh, in the rucks, we've got Riley O'Brien, Matt Crouch and Jackson Haitley. Uh, on, on the interchange, James Rowe, Ben Keyes, Harry Schoenberg and Riley Thilthorpe. Um, I also mentioned my emergencies who I think are around the mark, which is Jake Kelly, Will Hamill, Andrew McPherson and Mitch Hinge. Thilthorpe, you got a list, mate. Thilthorpe. <laughs> That's his name, isn't it? Thilthorpe, I reckon. Okay. I love picking away your pronunciations. Um, anyway. On Tilthorpe, you've gone very yes, tall in the side. So, yes. is that an oversight? Do you think you're you, on, on reflection? Do you think they'll go that tall? Because uh, yep. I noticed there's no Chase Jones in there. What's going on? <laughs> He's not even best <laughs> twenty eight. Um, look, um, yes, um, we put the the teams out online yesterday, and I did get a bit of feedback saying I've gone in too tall. Probably on reflection, that's that's a fair crack. My my kind of reasoning behind that that side is I still think Walker and Fogarty are the the two main forwards up there. Yep. Um, with O'Brien, um, I think they need someone to back up Ruck and it's not going to be Fogarty or Walker. So they need Himmelberg in there as that player to kind of pinch it in the Ruck when um, Rob's having a rest. Well, Tilthorpe's touted as that kind of next Ruck. That's true. Well, so. my, my problem with him is I'm not sure they're going to throw him right into the Ruck straight yeah, away. Yeah. Plus, I think that the Crows really want to play him front up because he's basically the number one pick in the draft for sure um, the Crows best ever draft pick I think they want to show him off to the fans early so that's why I've kind of got him in there but on the on the flip side it wouldn't surprise me if um, look someone like um, yeah McPherson or maybe even Mitch Hinge I think uh, I wish I talked to, to Ben about him yeah. last week because I think he might be around the mark because he was playing some footy at Brisbane last year so I think that McPherson or, or Hinge might be around that mark to, to kind of come in for one of those tools yeah alright yeah you said McPherson as well so he's definitely something the Crows fans are keen on or a player they're keen on so um, 
um, yeah, we'll see what actually happens there. But that's Kays's uh, best 22. They're out in the socials. So if you agree or disagree, make sure you comment and uh, let him know about it. Keep shit on him. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Everyone has so far. So keep it coming. Yeah, all right. We'll get stuck into some players. So first up, uh, a player that's come back to the pod, hashtag B2P. Uh, never been on the pod before. And that is Rory Sloan, the oh, Crows poor captain. Poor Rory. Poor Rory. He had a down year he last did. year. And he was in and out with injury. So we can't blame him too much. But because he's outside of the top 150 fantasy scorers, he's back to the pod. Um, look, he only averaged 60.8 last season, which is a uh, BCV of 75.7. And he started the year right. He had a score of 78, but nothing to note after that. And I think the injury, well, the thumb was hampering him after that. I guess there was a big layoff in between mm-hmm. round one and two, which mm-hmm. didn't help either. Um, just couldn't get a run on last year. But looking at his history, you know, his lowest average over the last five years was 90. Um, he averaged 107 in 2017 and 106 in 2016. He's just too good of a player not to bounce back. So I think he's a good trade target this year because his value is going to be low. Um, yep. The only issue is he's, he's like our league, a Crow supporter owns him, <laughs> yeah. then you're not going to get him at all. But um, his value will be low going on the back of last year. And if people haven't been keeping up and you know didn't follow the injuries and stuff like that, you might be able to get him cheaper in the trade. So he'll be kept in most leagues, I think, but I think the value is in the trade and target him there, I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Look, for, for my side, who I feel is in the window this year, I think he's a, tar- a guy I would love to target. Unfortunately, he's owned by a Crow's supporter, so got zero chance, no chance in hell no. of uh, that happening. But I think he's one, you know, in a, in a normal league, you could potentially get for a, a decent trade trade for a, a promising young guy if you do need some um, grunt in that midfield. Look, he's turn, he turns 31 at the start of this season, so he is getting on. He's probably still got another, you know, one, two, three good years of, yeah. of footy and fantasy footy left. He's that kind of player where he's not going to drop off uh, his standards. Um, so one to target if you can. Um, if you're starting up keeper league, I think he's going to slide a fair bit, but I don't think that's a bad thing at all because you'll get some really good depth in that midfield with him uh, midway through a, a startup draft, I reckon. All right, Kays, I didn't bring a towel in here, but you're mm. going to get a bit hot and bothered and sweaty talking about this next guy. Who yes. is it? Well, it's Action Jackson Hayley. And uh, boy, oh boy, have you seen the pictures of him in the mid in the off season? Well, I he haven't is, actually. Seriously, yeah. man, he's I've like heard, a, I've heard about the pictures. He is like a non-green <laughs> Hulk. He is that ripped. Uh, he has biceps bigger than my head, and that's quite large. Look, I love that uh, he's got that running ability as well. That uh, Ben touched on. He um, said he was surprised at how fit and how good a, a runner he was. So um, genuinely, look out for him this season. I think he looks immoral to slot into that midfield uh, spot vacated by Brad Crouch, and and potentially looks to be one of the biggest breakouts candidates of 2020 I reckon um, he BCV tunned up in round 3 of 2020 but um, did have limited opportunities last year at the Giants which we know so look I think we've seen his potential uh, it's been in glimpses but now is his time um, look he's got the opportunity uh, he's got proven scoring history he's both a kid playing in the SNFL a couple of years ago as a, an 18 year old plus look he's, he's shown some stuff in the AFL too and it's third year breakout which we know is an absolute moral so he is chips in for me I think whether you're taking him uh, startup draft if you can somehow get your hands on him in a in an established keeper and even in you know your, your generic AFL fantasy salary cap star I think he's one you got to have because I think he could he could go to the next level this year yeah absolutely genuine breakout contender like one of those ones that you're kind of just sure of preseason yeah. um, so so, yeah, I reckon he's going to be uh, – he's just going to go gangbusters this year. Yep. Or, you know, even if he doesn't go huge, he's still going to develop and, you know, get that development in the Crows. Like, after the Ben interview, just mm-hmm. knowing that he's probably going to play midfield this season, I just mm-hmm. can't see he doesn't develop into something half-decent, given yep. his history, given what we've seen him put up at GWS just in those mm-hmm. few games that he has played. Yep. Yeah, I'm just as keen as you are, Kays. I'm looking forward to Jackson Haley. Lock him in. Owned by another Crow supporter in our league. So that's same win. one. Same can't one. Win. He's got them all. <laughs> Might even have this guy too. He probably does, actually. Yeah. yeah. And that is uh, Wayne Miller. So he was a breakout candidate last year, really. Um, he had average 
averages of uh, 75 and 76 in 2018 and 19 respectively. So many people thought he was ready to go in uh, 2020, but unfortunately he suffered a foot injury and needed surgery ending his 2020 campaign. So he played two games last year and had 63 in the first game, which is a um, 78.5 BCV. And I've said this on the members only podcast. Mm. I can't wait to stop saying BCV, yes. but I'm going to say it all night. And I'm going to say it all preseason, which is going to suck. But anyway, um, he only had 40 in his second game. He obviously wasn't right with the injury, um, but he should be right to go this year. But the big question is, can he bounce back post, you know, injuries, having a year off? Can he become, I know, a breakout contender this year? For Miller, I think he's role dependent. So if he can play in defense, I think he'll be good. Yep. I just think the Crows like playing him up forward, which is a pain in the ass. He can also play on the wing as well. Like he's that versatile. He's just that mm. kind of running outside type that he could play either of those roles. I've just got the inkling that he's going to play it forward and it's not going to be good for his fantasy scoring. Um, especially if, you know, he's playing forward. The Crows don't get the ball up there that much as well. So it's going to be um, a bit of a worry. But we'll stick to the preseason. We'll have a look at where he plays and hopefully he goes okay. But um, look, he's definitely got potential and um, he's definitely one to monitor over the preseason. Like I said, if he's playing in the back line, I'm keen on him, or if he's you know pushes up to wing, I'm keen. I just don't know where he's actually going to play. There seems to be a heap of you know halfback flanker types. You got you know McPherson, Hamill, Shoal rolls through there. Then mm-hmm. you've got Laird is talking about moving the midfield. So is Brody Smith, but I just don't see where he gets into that defence. And I can just see him being stuck up forward. What do you reckon? Well, I definitely have him on my halfback line. I think he's too good a user for the Crows not to be back there when he's fit. He uses the ball so well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think Ben said in the interview too that he's looking pretty good this preseason, and he expects him to bounce back. He's one of his kind of breakout candidates. But if you're talking about going forward, you know, like they've still got Tom Lynch, McAdam, Murphy. I think they've recruited James Rowe up there for a reason. Even, God forbid, Chase Jones gets a game. Um, you know, like I, I think he's much better suited at the uh, halfback line for the Crows. Also, BCV, for those who don't know who are new to the podcast, is before coronavirus. So basically, averages that happened in 2020 have all been kind of altered to be regular scores. So um, we can uh, thank Warren if he's still watching to uh, for coming up with that term. Yes. So. <laughs> thank you. All right. Uh, makes it very handy instead of saying, you know, before this happened or before the bad stuff happened. Yes. Um, anyway, let's uh, talk about Lockie Scholl. So I really like this kid. Um, been following him for a while, purely a couple of years ago, we used to do the From the Twos mm-hmm. um, sections. We'd read out names every week that kind of went nuts in the twos. And hopefully we're bringing that back uh, yeah. this year when um, the twos actually come back. So, um, yeah, he put up some good numbers there. Um, so 2019, he averaged 71.8 for the Crows Reserves. And this is, I think this is pretty good for a skinny kid. Mm-hmm. And he turned up. Um, and a few scores in the 90 as well at Sample level, playing against, you know, built men when he's, you know, 18 and pretty small. Um, debuted in round 10 last season, though, versus Melbourne, uh, playing across halfback. And he started really slow. I think his best score from his first six games was 57. Then he had 47 after that and just some really low scores. Um, but then he moved on to a wing to finish off the season and then went bang for the last two games. So he had a 72 and an 89 in his last two games and had a super coach ton in round 17 as well versus the Blues. So Crows were trying a lot of different types of halfback and I just don't know if he fit that halfback line that well. Mm. So I think, you know, with McPherson and Hammer, we mentioned them before, those are the types I reckon that are going to go into those roles. I think Scholl should stay on a wing. Yep. And I think there's a bit of an opening there as well with Seisman kind of on the other as well. So, mm. yeah, we talked about Miller coming back. That could be interesting as well if he goes to a wing. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But I'm confident Scholl is going to be a good fantasy player. Yep. M- maybe this year, maybe not. Worst case this year, he's going to be a stash, mm-hmm. but a very good stash at that. Yep. I think the wing rolls him. He's obviously super fit. Uh, the opportunities there. I think he's a, he's a pretty solid lock for a, for a best 22 spot for most of the year, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to touch on Andrew McPherson. So uh, he finally got his body right in 2020. Uh, that was his third year at AFL level. Uh, former South Australian under 18 vice captain. So um, pretty highly regarded and put some good up, good numbers up back in the SNFL under 18 days. So uh, the Crows have always regarded him quite highly um, and he did impress uh, a lot of people in his nine games last year. So he averaged 46, which is a 58 BCV with his best game coming against the Dons where he scored a 69, which uh, equivalated or whatever turned into an 86 BCV. So uh, that was a, a 19 touch game, which is nothing to sneeze at in your first year of footy. So interesting for me, if he keeps that spot in the best 22, we do see uh, Miller coming back. Um, we didn't see much Tom Dode either last year. So, um, does he kind of hold that position? I'm not 100% sure. That's why I've got him in my emergencies. Um, he did win the Mark Bickley Emerging Talent Award last year and, a, and a couple others. So must rate the him. Crows obviously rate him quite highly if they're giving out that award. And look, um, at his best, I think he's going to be a very handy depth option this year. Um, gives himself another opportunity to, um, you know, cement his spot in that best 22. And I think for some of these guys who are on that, who we're just not sure about, like your McPherson's, uh, those kind of guys, um, having reserves for back this year is going to be massive because yeah, they're actually going to get playing get to play footy against other team other teams other people and um put their best case forward to kind of develop as a footballer so um if it's not this year i think there is a bit of uh, possibility for him to to be a really handy you know defender fantasy wise for a few years to come yeah not super solid in his fantasy work but i do think it'd be handy backup he's somebody should get a fair run this year yep. especially when the crows are developing they're the types he's going to want to play they'll throw a few guys around yeah in those positions. yeah yeah for yeah. sure so as a defender as well can be handy um you know for cover and things like that don't yeah. expect you know the world but um it's, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he develops this year. Hmm. Uh, and lastly, Harry Schoenberg. Oh, I wish I brought that tower. One of my boys. Uh, I've got a couple of boys at the Crows <laughs> now, which is good. Um, look, he had some very, very good under-18 Sandful numbers in his draft year. And I think he's one who would have benefited immensely from a reserves comp last year because he's built like an absolute brick shit house, um, And he looked the goods when he came in and played for the Crows last year. So only had the 51 BCV average last year, but did have a big 82 point, which turned into a, a fantasy ton BCV game against the Blues in round 17. So he does have that fantasy prowess. Now, for me, the stats alone don't show the, tell the true story about Schoenberg's last year. He just looked um, looked like he belonged at AFL level, uh, has some elite speed, especially in traffic. He just dodged and weaved and it was like almost, you know, the old Scott Penelry, everyone's dancing around him when he was on, on his game. Now, do yourself a favour. If you don't believe me, check out some of his highlights. Uh, and the thing that I saw, because I was watching him quite closely because he was uh, in my team last year, he was in the right spots a lot of the time. The, a lot of the time, the ball just didn't get to him. So for me, I reckon he's getting to the right spots. Obviously, the Crows are developing. Sometimes it doesn't always get to the right person at the right time. So I think he could be a very, very special midfielder, Hef. And I think this year, because fantasy coaches get him as a forward, he is one that you want to get your hands on uh, for sure. So this is how much I rate him. I'm going to keep him in my 16 as that Jesus. breakout chance smoky. Look, and I'm sure a lot of people won't because a lot of people aren't as crazy as me and probably as invested in him as uh, I am. But look, possibly on his average, I think that he's one that could sw- slide quite late in a draft, um, which is great for um, potential coaches because he's going to be a good forward option late in drafts. And I think he's got so much upside. So if you own him, I would employ you to keep him because I think he is a generational talent. I think I'm going to start the first argument of uh, 2021. Bring it on. I reckon. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> so far from that BCV 80... 82. Mm-hmm. Sorry, BCV 102 with the 82 he scored. Yes. 
Did he have scores of like 26? Like they were all like under 50, like around yeah. the 40 mark. Well, he averaged 50. I just see that his... as an outlier. Okay, so every year someone has to keep Clayton Oliver. Oh, every year someone has to keep so-and-so who- But even though- know You know they didn't have a great year, but you know they're going to be good. And this is him. But there was bigger raps on those players. Yeah, like, but players I'm like, invested. I, like, look what was he, he picked 26 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like, those like, Clayton Oliver was a first rounder. Like, who cares? If like, he's good, he's good. Euro is the one who bangs on about draft order doesn't matter. If they're a good <laughs> fantasy player, they're a good fantasy player. Play no matter where they're taken, so you kind of it both ways, mate. He just looks like thick and chunky. Doesn't like he's just he's not the- had the world's best preseason, according <laughs> to Ben. He's going to be fit and firing, ready to roll. He just doesn't look like a fantasy footballer to me. Just the, in the way nah, he plays, so the wrong. way he's built. I reckon he's going to be like a really good inside ball. I like want some like feedback a, on this list. Someone like a Ben Cousin or something like that. Nah, but better than just that. those fantasy scores of like just Ugh. fuck all this nah. year. It was awful. It's his first year of footy, man. But there was you know even people like Lockie Shoal, skinny little dweeb, like comes out and scores big, like. Yeah, you know. in his third year of footy. <laughs> That's true, true. Still. He's fresh out of under 18 football <laughs> and he played some super footy. Oh, no, there was plenty of 18-year-olds that went bigger in fantasy. Crows fans, get behind me. <laughs> or Harry Schoenberg fans, get behind me. He's right. a good, good player. We probably should end that argument there. Uh, definitely tweet us what do you think about Harry Schoenberg. Uh, I'm Gun. off him, Kays is on him. Gun. So uh, we'll move on from there. When we get him on the pod next year, you're going to be <laughs> sooking again. Well, we've got a contact now. We can just uh, yeah. give Ben a call and hand it over. Yeah, hand, over the, hand over the phone. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to our next team of the night and that is uh, the Brisbane Lions. All right, on to the Brisbane Lions. Yes, so I'll start off with my best 22 for Lions this year. Uh, starting from the back line, Brandon Stasevich, uh, Harris Andrews and Grant Birchall. Then Daniel Rich, Darcy Gardner and Zach Bailey. Uh, through the mid-line, Hugh McLuggage, Jared Lyons and Mitch Robinson. Half-forward line of Charlie Cameron, Joe Danaher and Lincoln McCarthy. Forward line, Cam Rayner, Eric Hipwood and Nakia Cockatoo. In the ruck, we've got Oscar McInerney, Lockie Neal, and Dane Zorko. On the bench, Jared Baller, uh, Jared Berry, Dan McStay, Noah Answorth, and Callum Archie. And my emergency list contained Ryan Lester, Cam Ellis-Yorman, Devin Robertson, and Caden Coleman. I think the most controversial call mm-hmm. there, which we saw today, was Nakai Koku too. Straight in. Straight in. Straight you know, in. I'm going to discuss him later in this uh, in Barely this seen him play in the last three years. Okay. No, 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 but I mean, and then mm-hmm. he comes into a side that probably should have gone close to all the way sure. last year. Yeah. I don't know if he comes straight in like that. I have no doubt that if they can get his body up and running, mm-hmm. get him fit and firing, all that sort of stuff. Someone, one of our mates was saying he had a dad bod at the moment. So, not that there's anything wrong with that. I've got a pretty nice one myself. But <laughs> Not <laughs> I just, now I let you drink Remedy Kombucha <laughs> daily, true, actually. Yeah. yeah, shed a few kgs over the off season. Uh, all thanks to Remedy Kombucha, obviously. But uh, anyway, um, so that's the, that's the biggest controversy call. So, definitely let us know what you think about that one. Mm-hmm. The other thing is as well, and this is one of our listeners actually mentions this and I agreed with him. I wish I wrote down what his name was. Apologies, but you'll know who you are, um, who wrote it. Um, their defense, your defense is really short as well, especially, um, you know, they like to play Harris Andrews pretty loose as well. So um, Lester, Ryan Lester came in late last year and played a pretty good job there. So that's something else I can see in there. So you might have to make way for one or two, but you've got a pretty reasonable emergency list. So I don't mind it overall. Um, it's a pretty easy side to pick really, Brisbane. It's pretty solid. Yeah, you yeah. know, not much has changed since last year. It's just really Danaher and, and Cockatoo coming in there and, and that. So, um, you'd have to think they're a pretty good chance to uh, 
nudge the flag again this year. Absolutely. All right, let's get stuck into some players, Case. Who got first up? I'm going to start off with Zach Bailey now. Uh, he's a guy I was pretty keen on last year, and unfortunately, I don't think he'll be flying under the radar this year as a centre-forward DPP. Now, he actually ended up being the sixth best scorer at the Lions last year, and he's a guy I'm a very big fan of. He uh, almost not notched up two Corona 100s last year uh, with 96s and 97s, and they kind of turned into BCVs 120, which is uh, very, very nice. So he's a genuine running utility, and um, to get him as a forward this year is an amazing get because I think he could easily dominate uh, off a wing or half back uh, while he's got that forward status. He has a fantastic kick to handball ratio, um, knows where the goals are as well, running through that wing or even off the half back flank, and he just gets those handy amounts of marks and um, tackles each game. You know, just always notches up five, four or five of them. They're just great fantasy uh, point makers. So look. He's a guy I have to have to have. He he's going to be a very very good player. I think starting a new league, I think he's a, a very very good player to take to because I feel that he's just going to be one of those guys that's always going to have DPP, like you either float into forward DPP uh, mm. or maybe get it back, um, almost kind of like a lucky Whitfield type fantasy wise. So. Um, Big raps on Zach Bailey. I think he's got the, the goods. The only thing that concerned me was when he was scoring well last year, he seemed to be playing defence and then he got moved forward and mm. started to go downhill a bit. Now he's listed as a forward. Does he keep playing as a forward this season? I could easily see him going back in and scoring well. But if he's playing as a forward, it does worry me a little bit because we did see that drop off. But that said, it could have just been like adjusting to a new role, give him a year in the offseason, a bit more development and training with forwards for a whole preseason. Could be okay. Um, I think just with the scarcity of forwards this year, it's um, it's he's going to be pretty handy anyway. Yep. I just worry that, yeah, that role change that kind of came mid last year yeah. might have affected him a bit more than it should have. Look, I think, you know, with uh, Nakai Kotu coming in, you know, you've got Cameron, McCarthy, Rayner, you know, Zorko's probably going to play a lot more up yeah. forward this year. And I can't he, see he's going to be more, he's going to be more handy uh, on a wing or half yeah. back. And me. that's what I was going to say. I can't yeah. see him, I can't see him getting like a, a perma wing role because they've got pretty good wings, I guess, at the moment. So, mm. um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, cause I, I just, it just seems like he should slot into defense, but yep. who knows what Brisbane are thinking. Yeah. So, all right. You're on a roll, Kays. We'll keep I, I'm going to keep rolling. Yep. It's Joe Danaher, the next guy we're going to talk about. Look, for me, it's pretty simple here. If he is fit, he's a top 20 forward. Um, it's just a big bloody if, though. Uh, so, 2017 was the last time he got a full season in. He was actually the 71st best scorer in fantasy football that year. So, that's how good a season he had. Um, look, we got that glimpse of his best last year when he played uh, against Hawthorne at Adelaide Oval. Uh, had the 85 points there, 106 BCV. Um, had 13 kicks, one handball, kicked three goals, three, and... And took a whopping 10 marks. Now, that is, a, a, you know, an at-his-best Joe Danaher yeah, kind yeah. of game. So, look, I think going to a better side at Brisbane, um, and he's also got a really good foil up there in um, Eric Hipwood, which might take a bit of heat off him. I reckon he could be anything this year. If he is fit, um, he could easily be a top 24, as I said. So, look, would I keep him? He's a really, really risky keep um, because obviously you don't know what his body's like. You really want to see some preseason stuff there from him. But as a keeper, I'm not sure I'd be quite sold on taking him just because I'm not sure his body's right. Obviously, we've got the preseason look at it. But on the flip side, you can say that forwards are very light on this year. Exactly. And we know what Joe Danaher can do, um, you know, even in that game last year and, and what he's done in 2017. So I think he's one you could target early in drafts. I think, you know, if you did drop him off your list, uh, you could probably pick him up earlier on in draft and, and get some good forward cover and just hope he gets back to his best because I think the whole comp would love Joe Danaher playing good footy again. He's um, very exciting to watch. I think you've summed him up pretty well. That um, game he came back, uh, it was in Adelaide. Was it against yeah, it Hawthorne in Adelaide? In Adelaide? Correct. Yeah, it was something weird like that. It was at like 4.30. Yeah. I was walking my dog. Yeah, I was at work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was... Um, 
I was listening to it on the uh, on the radio, and he started heating up. And I remember I sprinted back home to actually watch it. Yep. So uh, yeah, no, it was absolutely gun that game. That's what we want to see every week from yep. Joe Danaher. And I think because you've seen him be able to produce that, and not just last year in the past as well, mm-hmm. he's someone you've got to pick up if he's available at the mm-hmm. right time. You yep. know, that kind of middle of your redraft, maybe early-ish. If you I want think to be early, cold. I think yeah, people yeah. are going to be keen on him, especially if Mid-to he has a good early, preseason. I mean, like, yeah, he's not, a very big monitor preseason. Not in your operator. first. If on right now, like who knows after you know what is it called now? Not Marsh series. It's called the Amy series. Don't know. Anyway, um, well, we're we're, we're, right we're so loyal to the brands here at the, yes. uh, the Keeper League. So we we'll make no sure you get it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we saw. Uh, we have to monitor that obviously and see how he goes. If he is tearing up, then then I'd be happy to go earlier on him. But uh, right now, he's kind of like not your first couple of rounds. You start looking at round three, round four, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I'd go anyway. I'm, no Amy series. Amy right. series. Yeah. No, no doubt there'll be coaches out there that go harder at him though as well and I'm happy to let him go through the keep here if that's the case anyway I'll get stuck into one uh, Mitch Robinson another back to pod candidate mm. so B2P welcome back uh, Mitch um, so he battled a bit last season the average 57 which was the BCB of 71.7 which isn't bad but um, you know it's a bit lower than what he did in previous years uh, his top score was in round one um, he scored 93 but it was all downhill from there and I think really battled with a few of the um, younger outside players coming on as well um, you know you bury your McGluggage and to a lesser extent Bailey play a little bit on the wings as well. So he um, kind of got shifted around a little bit and at times it seemed like he was in defense. It's time to sound, it seemed like he was in forward and we know he did play forward originally in the, um, you know, in the early days and he is 31 now. So I wouldn't actually be surprised if he did get moved back up forward at some stage because um, he can be a pretty handy contributor up there. So if he can get DPP there, um, then he might go, he might be, you know, valuable in your keeper league. So um, mm. look, Good chance he's going to be back in pools after what he produced last year, especially as a mid only, only averaging 71. Mm-hmm. Good chance he could get dropped. And being 31 as well, you know, that throws him out the door, especially for younger teams in keeper leagues. Mm. So he might offer some value to those chasing a flag, I think, especially if he, you know, if he can play forward. I'm not yep. saying that's definitely going to happen, no. but there's a chance because he's done it before. His last few seasons have been pretty impressive, you know, just his consistency. Yeah. And I think that will continue. But look, we were talking about Zach Bailey before. He's one who could easily pinch uh, Mitch Robinson's wing if, you know, if things turn yeah. that way. So, um, probably a bit more risk this year than previously over the last couple of years, but he hasn't really done anything wrong that would make you drop off nah. instantly. It's probably just an age thing. And yes, guys can fall off a cliff a bit when they get to, you know, their, their 30s. But um, look, he's still going to be pretty fit and still pretty hungry for footy. So um, still a solid um, mid option, I think. Absolutely. All right, uh, we'll move on. I'll keep going. Uh, we got Oscar McInerney next. So he is a ruck only this year. He's lost his forward status. So there's a few coaches hit hard with that because a lot of coaches out there already had a ruck and they're playing as a forward. Now they've just got two rucks and you know you can't play them. So a lot of them will probably have Steph Martin though as well. So I know he got in. There's no handcuff anymore. So it's mm. kind of a bit annoying there as well. But anyway, um, he's now the number one ruck at Brisbane though. So that's kind of handy for those people who own him. Uh, this is awesome because uh, I guess coaches um, that don't have a ruck He's probably going to be available in a lot of draft pools because I think a lot of people thought Archie Smith was the number one backup last year mm. and um, he's kind of come out of nowhere really. Um, well, he stopped playing as much up forward and more in the ruck. Um, average 57 points last season, the BCV of 71.6. Um, there's a lot of coaches out there saying he'll boom without Steph. But if you looked at last season, he still played eight games with Steph last year and he only averaged two points better with Steph out of the side. So mm. it wasn't like he was just going huge. Mm. Um, I'm not sure that's the deciding factor. I think what is the deciding factor is um, that he is just going to get more development being the number one Ruckman and there's a good chance from there he develops so a real positive on his season was that he averaged 68.4 from his last 10 games and that's when you include finals um, and then if it's from his last three that was 68.3 uh, from his last three and that was all with Steph Martin as well mm. so 
there's definitely potential there, and you kind kind of saw this growth over the season. So that's yep. why we um, look at late season averages on our website. We've got late season averages for every player in the competition, mm-hmm. um, because over the over the course of the year, players can definitely pick up and develop further. So yeah, that's the reasons why I like Oscar McInerney. Never think he's going to be a service. Uh, you know, super super superstar ruckman. You know, I don't think he's going to be top five next year or anything like that, but he'll be serviceable and capable of being your number one ruck in your key playing side, especially those who struggle to get rucks. And that's been my side for years mm. um, until I finally kind of got it sorted in the last couple of years. So if he's available, I'd be, I'd even go first round on him if he was available. So. Yeah. Uh, look, I think he's going to be very good. And, you know, you're talking about um, opportunity is what it's all about. So yeah. you go, look, maybe last year when the Lions thought, you know, Steph Martin might have been there for another couple of years. They're on a, you know, premiership, you know, run. He's gone. Oscar McInerney's now the main, main guy at training for the next, you know, six months while through preseason, et cetera. Yeah. He's, he's going to put have more time put into him. He's going to naturally develop and, you know, potentially lose a few kilos, get around the ground even better. Look, he could he could really take his game to the next level. It wouldn't surprise me. But, yeah, as you said, if he's around in a pool and you do need that ruckman, he's one you should definitely be targeting. For sure. All right. Now I'm on a roll, so I'll keep going. Um. Cam Rayner. So he averaged 54 last season, which was not great, um, but it was a 9.3 improvement on 2019. So in shortened game time, that was really a positive, I found. Um, last year was his third year and didn't look like a kid anymore. Um, he stuck. Uh, he saw a slight uptick in the midfield time, which was probably where the extra points come from as well. Um, I guess, can he go further? I'm not really sure. I can't see him getting more midfield time with their current makeup, but the positive is that he'll keep his forward status for years to come, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be one of those forwards that has stints through the midfield so that's really handy just you can bank on him having it each year there's Mm -hmm. quite a few forwards that you can't do that with especially the good ones um I think he can develop into a handy like F3, F4. So he was, he's definitely going to be a starting keeper player for you, like in your best 18. I just think it's almost time to just kind of let go of the aspirations of him being an absolute superstar and just focusing on him being a contributor to your mm-hmm. side. You know, you keep 16 um, players like us, he makes your top 16. That's fine. He's at the bottom end of it. But just don't. I just don't expect too much. That said, if he can get the role, it's not it's not due to his lack of talent, I, guess, I don't think. Mm-hmm. It's just due, just due to how stacked the Brisbane midfield is. Mm-hmm. Zorko is probably on the way out and he mm-hmm. might go up forward a bit more. Um, you know, there's a few more aging blokes in there as well, but yeah, you know, Robinson too. There's a chance that he could get more midfield time. But at the moment, as they're pu- pu- like pushing really hard for a flag, I just don't see where it's coming from. So right now, I think he's that kind of F3 range at the moment, maybe F2 um, if he gets a bit of a wriggle on this year. But yeah, if you can add another five, 10 points to his game, he's going to be super handy. So, yeah. uh, and, but end of the day, there's nothing wrong with being a good forward for your yeah, yeah. fantasy career you Definitely. know like I know that's what, he wants, that's what he sets out to play footy for but yeah, you know yeah. like even someone like Toby Green you know like yes he's probably on the elite level of the forwards but like you know what you're going to get each week from you're going to get some good scores and people want guys like that you want to you want a regular scoring forward so for sure. um, no dramas at all uh, with that call uh, Charlie Cameron who I'm going to talk about he's basically a keeper league pod lock each week we basically talk about him each week uh, the last five years for example he has averaged between 65 and 67 each year so he's super super consistent now you could almost make a case to keep him in 2021 seeing as forwards are so light and because he's so consistent so um his best games are completely scintillating so you know when he's on kicking bags um he had scores of 92 and 98 last year which ended up being a 115 kind of 120 bcv from what looking at his stats he usually needs two or more goals to kind of notch up a, a decent score so but he gets if, them quite often exactly yeah. and if you're looking at consistency uh, 11 of his 17 games were um 50 uh, points or more so that was 62 plus which is great for your you know f4 f5 even maybe even f3 depending on on your league so yeah. 
So just super consistent. Um, Look, I have him as more of a depth player in 2021 for your fantasy side, but, um, you know, with forwards being light on and if you're looking at your side and you need to get get it, get it balanced, I've got no dramas with someone uh, keeping someone like Charlie Cameron because there is still going to – like, he's still young. Um, he's still got the ability to kind of um, put a few more strings to his bow, maybe run up the ground a bit further, get a bit more uh, ball higher up. So, he could be one that could just be – once we're talking about someone like Cam Rainer, just a nice little forward lock, um, especially if you're keeping a few more players than your, your 10 or 12. Yeah, I don't see him improving his fantasy scoring like more than he has now but it's more so that now we saw last year I guess as well with the way the team sheets were announced mm-hmm. and this could be a deciding factor this year nothing's really been announced with that so with rolling lockouts and stuff like that we saw more and more teams move to sorry more teams move to the rolling lockouts to be to, to align with the rolling team sheet that came out mm-hmm. so for me he was the perfect player to just chuck on your bench in the forward line and just see whether he goes bang or not so that's it's basically what he does he either goes huge or little mm-hmm. and it's and he, you know every second or third week he will put up a big score so he's the perfect streamer for mine and I think he's worth owning just on that fact and also that he plays every week so mm-hmm. that's, keeper league that's coaches would know that, you know, you get stuck with injuries quite often. Mm-hmm. It's always great to have players that you can just rely on to actually get a game so you're never going to be playing with a donut one short. And, and knock like up that. a 65 each week. Yep. If every player that's in your kind of lower levels of your yeah. D4, D5, F4, F5, if they're knocking out 65 each week, it's really happy days. Absolutely. Uh, and lastly, the player we've all been waiting to talk about, Nikaya Cockatoo. So please, keeper league coaches, do not sleep on him. He is a genuine gun. I'm going to sleep on him. Now, <laughs> I'll tell you why not to. I'll tell you why to set your alarm. While he hasn't played AFL for two plus years, some of his numbers are very, very interesting. Now, obviously, the number one priority is just to get him fit. So that's what he's going to happen at Brisbane. It happened with Lincoln McCarthy. They've got some sweet witch doctor up there who just gets all these injured players fit. It's going to happen with Joe Danaher. Bloody Brisbane might not lose a game this year. If no, everyone's no, I can't fit. see it happening yet. Um, technically, they haven't <laughs> lost one yet and they may not. So, look, he has had scores of 84 of 68% game time, 76 of 54% game time, and his last ever AFL game, which was two and a bit years ago, he had 67 points of 48% game time. Now, he's got some sweet, sweet TOG numbers. He's just the fact that he can't stay out there on the, long enough, on the park long enough because he's just not fit. And that last game where he had 67 off 48% game time, he got injured. So, look, he's actually got a really good kick-to-handball ratio and his tackle numbers are very, very good. He's going to slide a lot um, because he's just kind of one of those names where people have almost forgotten about how good he is. But I'm telling you, don't. Look, I'm not saying take him early in a draft or anything like that. I'm saying I think he's going to slide. But I think you could get a really good bargain because if he gets fit, uh, there's definitely a spot in the side for him. And from what we've seen previously, his TOG scoring is amazing. Um, he just needs to get up in that park and he could be one who could be a real game changer this year. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt he's a super talent. My concern was just does he come straight in, especially with the little amount of footy that he's played. But when he does play, he's going to be starred. Now, those time on ground and points per minute numbers, I guess, mm. are pretty outstanding. And just a bit of a plug as well, um, uh, Daryl, one of our new or listeners and now new writer, I guess, he wrote an article a few weeks ago and worked out all the points per minute numbers for the last five years and then compared also 2020 numbers to 2019. So you can work out better BCV scoring or more accurate BCV scoring as well. So if you're keen for to check out some PPM, some point per minute number numbers, um, check head, out our, head to our website, keepleaguepod.com.au, free spreadsheet to download that has every player's 
points per minute numbers for the last five years. So, mm-hmm. um, super awesome work there. But Nakai Cockatoo, I'm looking forward to looking him up on that, especially to see how he compares with that because those numbers, you know, scores of 84 off 68% game times, that's unreal. Mm-hmm. So, if we can get on the park for, you know, more than 20 minutes, you should yep. be fine. Yeah, yeah, basically. A couple of monitors before we move on to Carlton. Um, Devin Robertson and Eli Smith, we can kind of throw them in the same bag. Um, especially Devin Robinson was talked about as a super, super fantasy scorer as a junior, but just went to a club where the, the midfield is too strong Stacked. and there's too many of his types yep. in there. But if he can get a game, um, he can be a decent fantasy scorer. Eli Smith is more of an inside ball. And I think both of them actually were, I think they might actually both be forwards this year in fantasy. Mm. Um, I know Eli Smith is, and I think the training was forwards purely because they can't fit them into that midfield. So if they do break in, that could actually be super, super handy. So mm-hmm. yeah, issue is they probably will play forward. And probably yeah, score I think well, they're two guys you should definitely have around your mark for your fantasy classic teams and then um, yeah monitor or just even have yeah. pick up late late, late in a draft more so as more as a stash yeah if they're not playing they're not worth picking up in fantasy classic teams but yeah if they're in your drafts you pick up in your last rounds or rookie list like us mm-hmm. then like we've got an extra year if we do that that's kind mm-hmm. of the perfect picks for that I reckon exactly alright let's move on to Carlton All right, the old dark navy blues case. Uh, let's hear your best 22 for them. Ah, the best 22. You can critique it tomorrow when it hits the social medias or oh, today because yeah. it's coming out then. We haven't had the uh, feedback from this just yet. I think so I might put it out tonight. So it's going tomorrow. out tonight. Yeah. So, all right. Well, anyway, hit me up. But we're starting in the back line. Nick Newman, Lockie Plowman and Liam Jones. A halfback line of Adam Saad, Jacob Wiedering and Sam Doherty. Across the midline, Zach Williams, Patrick Cripps and Sam Walsh. Half forward line of Jack Martin, Levi Casbolt and Will Setterfield. Then we've got Eddie Betts, Harry Mackay and Michael Gibbons in the forward line. Followers, Tom DeKoenig, Mark Murphy and Ed Kernow. On the bench, Jack Nunes, Zach Fisher, Sam Petrevsky-Seaton and Mitch McGovern with the emergencies of Mark Pitney, Charlie Kernow, Caleb Marchbank and David Cunningham. Case, how on earth did you pick that side? There is so many players there that could be breaking into this Carlton, uh, Carlton team in 2021. It's pretty crazy to think about, really. This side is, honestly, I've got no idea what's yeah, happening yeah. with Carlton. Like, like, you know, like the only one I want to mention is what I've easily admitted um, Charlie Kerno because he, I don't oh, think I he'll actually be that. playing uh, much footy this year. So I've just kind of thought, look, he's probably not going to make their, their side this year. So, look, for me, Hef, it's just Carlton's side drives me nuts. And I'm going to dissect it a bit later on. But, Look, honestly, you've got Lockie Fogarty, uh, Sam Durden, who's new, Liam Carroll, Jack Nunes, Paddy Dow, uh, O'Brien, Stocker, Kemp, Petrovsky, Seaton, Fisher, Cunningham, Phil, so many Gibbons. Players. They're basically all the same player. I don't know how you pick this team. They're like, all half forwards, wings, any of them. Like they are all the same player. So, um, look. Drafting Carlton players this year is an absolute nightmare, especially in that. <laughs> like, I think their back line's pretty settled. You know, you can make a case that Sam Petrovsky Seaton goes back on that half back flank potentially or in the back yeah, line. Yeah. But, bloody hell, that half forward line, um, wing roll is There's just an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Did you have Fogarty in there? No. Because okay. I just, like, I don't think, I don't think he's going to play in that side just yet. I don't know. You're yeah, hot him, but I am. Like, I haven't seen enough that I think that I don't think he's gonna knock like Michael Gibbons out the side. But or, I think blokes like Nunes and Fisher are easily replaced. Oh, Nunes, Fisher, even yeah, yeah. Prochevsky Seaton. Those last on, two spots yeah, are gonna be, be up for grabs, definitely. And you spot, might see someone like Eddie Betts as well transition out a bit more this year. Yeah, as and well, he's obviously so. uh, picked up a bit of an injury in the um yeah, in okay. the off season too. So yeah. uh, I suppose the other one I've gone to Koenig over Pitney. Yeah, I I agree with that. 
pick though. Um, just judging on the talent, we will talk about uh, De Koenig mm. in a second. I do think he is the number one ruck going forward and I do think that Carlton want to play one ruckman as we saw earlier in the season as well. Agreed. I think they just had to play in tandem to kind of blood De Koenig. Mm. But I reckon with another pre-scene under his belt. And I think De Koenig was actually injured a bit yeah. at the start of last year as well. And I think if they've got Levi Casbolt hanging around too, yeah. he's that natural backup ruck. They don't have to play both of them. So I think it's a big season for, for Pitt now. For sure. All right. All right. I'll start off with Michael Gibbons. So he was a real surprise packet last year. Uh, ended up as the 35th best forward in the competition, which is pretty good for a, a guy in the second year and a mature age kind of player. So it's almost the first page of forwards on Ultimate Footy. Basically. 25, yeah. almost there. Yeah. yeah. So um, went from a 62.4 to a 76 BCV average. So improved his uh, output by 14 points a game, which is awesome. Even managed an actual Corona 100, notching up 106 wow. against the Bombers in round four. So look, he started the year as that small crummy forward the crafty kind of operator up there but he actually showed how dominant he can be through the midfield which is basically the role he starred with when he was playing back at the VFL before he got drafted so um, six of his 15 games he had 15 plus posies which is not too bad for a for a small forward kind of thing and uh, had a 25 touch personal best so the best thing about him is his consistency really as a forward he only had two of his 15 games of below 50 bcv which you know as most people would have had him as an f4 f5 probably picked yeah. up off the the waiver wire oh, or, yeah. or super late in the draft to have that every hour of the week i think he's probably the best player of that kind of rat pack that I mentioned above, um, you know, with the unions and Philps and all that kind of thing. So I think he can play a variety of roles, whether it's actually running through the midfield. If they, if someone gets injured in the game, he can, he's got that big enough body to kind of roll through that, um, plays the half forward role pretty well, or could even just crumb if, you know, Eddie Betts isn't there. So, um, as a forward option this year, I think he's going to be pretty underrated. I think that some people will just kind of maybe forget actually how good he can be. Yeah. Um, and you might get a bargain um, in a draft because I'm not sure that many people will keep him. Um, and I reckon you could get him kind of early to mid in a, in a, in a redraft. Yeah, as a forward, he's gold this yeah. year, I reckon, as well. Yeah. And he's probably going to be available in a lot of leagues as well. He was a good uh, VFL scorer. So it's not mm-hmm. like unusual to see it. It's just that no one would have picked it into AFL level. And yeah, you're right. There were so many people that just picked him up with, uh, I don't know any of the names of the players except for Michael Gibbons. I'll pick him. Like yeah. type of thing yeah. at the end of drafts and stuff like that. So yeah, no, nah, pretty decent uh, return last year. Got to be happy with that. And what did he average? Uh, 62. 76. Yes, yeah, 76 BCV. So that's almost the 80 average. That's getting close. It's getting close. It's just that if yeah. he was, you know, if he was a kid averaging that, you'd be all in on that. It's yeah. just that he's a bit older. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. as a genuine, consistent forward this year, 2021, it's hard to find him. I think he's a good get. Sure. All right. We'll move on to Lockie Fogarty, uh, a bloke that I'm a big fan of. I have been for years, actually, since he first started out at Geelong and played uh, quite a f- number of games in his first season. But look, he finds himself at Carlton this season. Looking back at 2020, he averaged uh, 57.7. Um, but just diving into some of those numbers, um, he had uh, a decent score against. Uh, West Coast in round nine. I've got 27 written there, but I reckon that's wrong. <laughs> I don't think that's 27. Round 27, shit. Yeah, at a score of 27, that's not right. But uh, oh, sorry, now I get it now. He, okay, let's just refresh. I, I know what I'm trying to say here. Right. Good Read show, your own notes. Good, good show notes here. All right. He did have a score of 27 in round nine yes. all right, against West Coast. Yes. But if you take that away as yes. a one-off bad game, yes. all right, his average jumps to 64.4. Okay. So that's a BCV 80. Mm. All right. That is 2G4P status. Yes. So, geez. Oh, sorry. I got to hit the 2G4P button. <laughs> one game. And he hasn't even proven it yet. I oh, know. Just to throw them around like. I just wanted to press that button because we haven't pressed it tonight. So, anyway. So, 
Chris Scott always went on about how he likes to play in the midfield, but Geelong's midfield was basically just too strong. Mm-hmm. So he should get that midfield time at Carlton if he plays, I think. Because, you know, behind Cripps, Walsh and an Asian Kerno, there's not a lot there, you know. They play blokes like uh, Kennedy in there and yep. I'm having a set of field. Set of field and, yep. you know, randoms run through there all the time. Um, your boy uh, Cunningham. David Cunningham. Cunningham yeah. runs through there and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of randoms in there. So I think they've recruited like a lot of these kind of fringe mids to come in and see which one works best. Mm-hmm. So if he gets it, there is definitely a chance of, uh, you know, becoming a half reasonable fantasy scorer. The thing I like about him the most is his tackling numbers. Mm-hmm. He's such a good tackler. So great junior tackler. And I think even his first year at Geelong, he put up elite tackling numbers. So that's where he gets a lot of his scoring from. And like I said, if you take away that bad score as an outlier, I know you can't just pick and choose what scores you want to, but one game, if you take that one game out, it's in 64 average, which is an average of 80 mm. BCV. So I don't mind the fog. It's more about just getting a game, I think. Yeah. If he gets the game, then I think he's going to be – a decent score, but he's going to be one that's going to slide in drafts. That's true. You know, no one's really going to keep him unless they're. Well, now they listen to our pod- They listen to our podcast. Now he's. Yeah, yeah, no one, yes. So, so Harry Schoenberg <laughs> won't be available. Nor will Lockie Fogarty. So bad luck. Depends uh, who they listen to. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always right. Um, yeah. Look, I, I don't really have an opinion at this stage. I'll be interested to see him. Like, I'm interested to see what Carlton do in their preseason games. Um, you know, who kind of gets a run through where and and maybe get a bit of a look at some of these younger guys like um, you know Phil Poor. Um, the other guy that was injured. Anyway, those kind of guys where we haven't seen them before and see if they're, they've got the, the fantasy pedigree. All right, let's talk about Mr. Worldwide, Mark Pitney. Mark Pitney. Now, I'm not really sure what to make of his 2020. Uh, he ended up being the 21st best averaging Rutman of the year, but I actually think he could have and should have delivered more with the, uh, the opportunity he had. Just to put so, that into context, 21 is not good. I think there's only like 40-something listed, so yeah, yeah mid-range. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's well, obviously most, most – like, in most leagues, there'd be 12 teams or yeah, 14 yeah. teams. You're going to have one Ruckman, so he's not – yeah. Your top workman. So I think he should have been. He's a proven scorer in the VFL and I thought he might have nudged a bit better than his uh, 68 average. So when he started the year hot, he uh, scored a 74 and a 78, which equivalent. Uh, why do I keep saying equivalates? It's not even a real word, is it? It's the equivalent of. Yes, it turned into 92 and yeah. 90s uh, BCV. Um, but he really just settled with kind of 60-ish BCV numbers for most of the season. Now, he did seem to be a bit affected when uh, he played with the King, uh, Tommy DeConing, in tandem, uh, which I think is a bit of a concern going forward because, like yourself, Hef, I'm a, a bit of a fan of DeConing. I mean, in his camp, and I think I think they'll kind of uh, let him be the number one ruckman at the side, especially with, you know, Casbolt there to be the second ruck. Um, you've got enough tools around the team in, in Mackay and McGovern as well if he gets himself fit. So... Looking at this, and I think you'll talk about Deconing a bit uh, later, I kind of want to avoid Carlton Rucks this year if you can. Like, mm. if you want to invest in Deconing, I think you you have to pull the trigger. Yeah. But as a, like, a um, two-ruck handcuff kind of setup, I don't find a lot of value in, in both of them this year because I think they're kind of, they might affect each other a bit. You're taking if you take one, you're taking both of them yeah. as well. So it's two of the spots you're committing to these mm. guys because you'd, you'd be pretty bold to take to Koenig and no one else. So Plus, I don't think name. you're going to get either of them cheap, which is going to be the issue. Yeah, as well, because so. people are going to be hot on the Koenig and want to take him earlier than he should be. Yeah, and Pitney's got the kind of history that people will take him earlier because he's a bit of a safer option, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, we'll move on from there. But, yeah, there's uh, some, some some things to think about in the Carlton Ruck department, I guess. Um, let's talk about Sam Petrevsky-Seaton. So, he averaged uh, 54 points uh, last season. Um, so, a few years ago, we thought this guy was going to be a dominant force across halfback, but it hasn't happened. I guess with Doherty returning um, last year, and then Cade Simpson just kept lingering on. It's really started his development. So, um 
Simpson retired, so that's positive signs, but Nick Newman's going to return and then Side comes into the side as well. So I'm not even sure if he's going to slot into that defense. I guess mm. the positive was that his end to 2020, despite only averaging, you know, 54 um, for the season. He averaged um, 75.5 from his last three games. So that's a 94 BCV. So the uptick in scoring seemed to be linked to the fact that he played back in defense a bit more in the the later stages of the seasons than up to the wing like he did, um, you know, in the middle stages. So... With all that said, um, I'm probably thinking about steering clear of him just because I'm not sure whether he gets that defender spot if he does push up to a wing because he is pretty handy. Can play forward as well. Um, but yeah, look, you've got you've got Doherty, Sarge, you've got Newman because um, you think you'd assume Williams plays midfield, but there's mm. another just threat there just in case. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where the improvement comes from, especially with those guys all competing for points. Mm-hmm. That said, he is a talent um, yeah. and he's going to be in a lot of draft pools. I think this year because he will drop back. But I'm just a bit wary on you know where he's going to play and where he's going to how he's going to score he just needed to stamp his authority last year and he didn't really do yeah. that um so i'm a bit concerned just not of his ability i just think maybe he needs to move on from colton because there's a few guys who play that role you know and he might not get it that's that's yeah. you know you're looking at some of those guys you mentioned before so uh yeah I'm, i've kind of eased on my um keenness for SPS, I think. All right. Let's move on to one of your actual boys, I reckon. So. Uh, I don't know if he's technically your my boy, but now okay, he has to well, be. David Cunningham's <laughs> my boy. Um, look, he was a genuine tease last year. Uh, I drafted him into my side quite late, um, but geez, after his 28 touch, 99.124 BCV game against the Dons, I thought I was onto an absolute winner. Uh, he dominated that game. He was clearly best Don, and I thought, I have found one here. Uh, then he had a lean shot and got injured. So, um, look, he had a couple of BCV 70s in that time uh, but then obviously teased us again in the last game of the season uh, against the Lions he had a BCV 105 so look I think he's got the goods but look I just don't see where the consistent points come from you know you're talking about Williams arriving um, you know Newman coming back in that kind of pushing people up the ground um, could he find himself on the outer I think he's best 22 but I just don't I just think he's going to be a bit of a bit player you yeah, know okay. I think I still think that him and from my point of view the guys we talked about earlier I think Gibbons and Cunningham are the two better players of that kind of that crew at this stage but once again they've got so many of these half forward wingmen that you just can't bank on him you know holding that spot for the whole year yeah. you know they might make him just play as a small forward that kind of thing which isn't his really his game he's actually quite a handy midfielder um, look he's got forward status again so you probably don't lose a lot um, drafting him he's definitely not a keeper at this stage um, unless you're going really deep but maybe mid 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 draft I don't know like, because you, you know what he can do in his good days it's just do you believe that he can get opportunity and, and as I said I'm quite cold on, on Colton players this year because if Schoenberg's making your keepers I thought he would be a shoe in but anyway Schoenberg <laughs> is basically like the next I don't know Adam Trelaw oh, okay that's a big call I can't wait for that one to eventuate looking forward to it stamp it <laughs> let's move on to the king Tom DeConing um, look I really loved the look of this guy last mm-hmm. year played seven games only averaged 52 um, but look nothing groundbreaking top score was 67 which was an 83 BCV and this came on the back of uh, nine hit outs against Callum Sinclair when they when they played Sydney. So that mm-hmm. was his best performance. Um, but it was more the way he went about it. You know, he was clean with the footy, athletic, showed he can hold his own as well, like winning those hit outs um, against some established ruckmen as well. Um, I just felt like Carlton wanted to roll with one ruck last year. It's just both rucks were quite green, so they had to kind of play him in tandem to kind of work together to see who's going to be the number one, I guess, going forward. So he showed he can ruck solo when Pitney was injured, though. And I do think DeConing is the future number one Carlton ruck. Mm-hmm. So if you need a ruck, I reckon you grab him. But like we said before with Pitney, you're going to have to grab both of them and handcuff them. But he should yeah. be available to Coning because I don't think many people saw him playing last year. So if he's available, he's definitely one I would grab. Agreed. All right. 
And a couple of monitors just to finish off. We've got Tom Williamson and Zach Fisher. Um, both, you know, have had their glimpses. Uh, Williamson's been injured a lot, so we haven't really seen the best of him. Highly touted around the Blues. Yeah. And Zach Fisher had probably a couple of good games a few years ago Who is and people are still holding on to that, uh, that hope that he can regain that um, kind of form. But as we've touched on, look, it's yeah. that, that position at, um, at Carlton's too hard. Williams, I don't mind because uh, I reckon he just plays a fantasy role when he is playing. But again, you're really struggling with all those kind of – there's so many of his type yep. in Carlton's side, so that's where you're struggling. Fisher is just not going to get that wing role back. So he's stuck up forward. He's just oh, – it's so disappointing because he showed so much, but it's just the ins are just going to kill him, I think. So mm-hmm. not a big fan of Fisher at the moment anyway. Jeez, all these ins. Carlton better be good this year. Otherwise, what oh, the excuses so many they ins, have? But they're not that good. Sartre <laughs> like, ah, and Williams just, are pretty handy ins. Oh, true, true. But the, with the rest of them, I guess, as well. I don't know. They're still just not going to be got good. To They've got to do something this year. Yeah, they do. They've got to do something this something year. Different. All right, that wraps up Carlton. And uh, I guess we'll move on to some uh, membership stuff as well. So um, if you really like the work that we do um, and you want to help support the podcast and contribute to putting stuff like this on each week, um, you could consider becoming a member. And if you do sign up as a member, you get rewarded with a whole heap of uh, bonus resources. So, for example, you know, we've got the drafty um, numbers um, and, you know, from all the NAB League, from the Sample Under 18s, the Waffle Colts mm-hmm. um, from last year. I was sorry from two years ago because there was none of this playing. Let's, let me rephrase that. Nabley from two years ago, Sample and Waffle Colts from last year because they did actually play. Mm-hmm. So you can get a gauge of who the best fantasy scorers are at underage level. And there's an announcement in the offseason that there's going to be no prospectus mm, this huge year. Things. So that was a big go-to for many of our listeners to find all the underage scores. I still flick through them all the time to go back. I've got one sitting on the floor over the next mm-hmm. case I was using today to um, go through and, uh, yeah, just find out what they scored as juniors and stuff like that. That's gone, all right? So there's not many places you can find these draftee numbers. So they're on our website if you're keen to grab them, uh, sign up as a member. I've also got an archive. I'm starting an archive anyway, and I've got 2019s um, up there as nice. well. So you can go back and have a look from a couple of years because some of those guys be coming into third breakout, third year breakout territory. Mm-hmm. So you want to be looking at them. But the biggest news I think in the membership circle is the breakout tracker launched this week. Huge. It's um so the breakout tracker, if you're not sure what that is, that allows you to compare any early career player with the top players in the competition at the same point in their careers. I did a live stream last night, which is on all of our socials. So I went through some of the best players on that. We also did a podcast on that last week with some of the findings mm-hmm. in that. So that's a really handy option just to kind of see, especially players that you haven't seen a lot of, um, you know, only played three, four, five games how they compare to others at the same point in their careers. And mm-hmm. a lot of them will surprise you as well that how well they score mm-hmm. in their first few games. You know, players like Damon Greaves, who only played three games last year, is absolutely rocketing ahead of the best. And it's pretty obvious with the way he scored, but it's just interesting to see. Yeah. Um, new features on it this year for the people that are returning as well. We've got a filter on there, so you can filter by club and by position. And uh, yeah, the, I guess it's just a different display as well, which makes it a bit more user-friendly as well. So a few upgrades and uh, thanks to uh, Adam for helping us out with the uh, coding side of things on the back of that job script little app there anyway uh Every week we read out five gold members, people that have put in their hard-earned to support the podcast and they're absolute legends. And this is actually the first five people to sign up. The for cream of the crop. So these would be super fans, I guess. Oh, fans is a loose they, word. All those names look pretty familiar. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've definitely come along across a lot of them. One of them we used to play footy with, but uh, the rest are on the socials very, very actively. So thank you to Simon Moore. Special mention to Simon who shipped uh, a few beers across the border from WA for me last week. Uh, Enjoyed them down at the beach last week. So thank you, Simon, for that. Uh, Dale Travers, one of our old footy mates, but loves the pod. Uh, Dylan Brooks, Steve Greenwood, and Henry McIntosh. Uh, again, like I said, familiar names that we're always chatting away with on the socials. But thank you for, um, you know, I guess, signing up and uh, supporting the podcast. Big time. 
Uh, we just before we move on to the uh, podcast reviews, I um, just want to give the merch plug. So we've got uh, t-shirts available. Just head to our website, hit merch if you can, and use the coupon code 20T, so that's 20TEE, and you'll get yourself a t-shirt for 20 bucks. So um, pretty good deal there, I think. And now, podcast reviews. Wow, We're we've it. got one. We've got one. We actually had a few in the off-season. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm, I want to make mention of the username he's left here because this was obviously in the off-season before Ben Keys became our favourite, well, my favourite person in the world. He's been lots of people's favourite for a year, you <laughs> dick. Well, obviously here, according to this guy's username, he's not his favourite. So there's a few out there. <laughs> this is Anyway, his username is no keys, please. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to say, yes, please, keys from now on. Yes, but anyway, thank you. <laughs> uh, he wrote, top keeper pod, fantastic podcast, very informative and engaging to listen to. Great work this year, boys. Won my first grand final tonight and the waiver suggests suggestions were a big part of that. Uh, wondering about your thoughts for the final keeper spot. Uh, we keep 16. Can only keep one out of Harry Schoenberg, Will Gould or Devin Robinson. Uh, any help with that would be much appreciated. So before we answer this, that's very smart. People put their questions in the podcast reviews so they get read out early. Guaranteed listen. We're, uh, we're, guaranteed read. We're more than happy with that because yes. it gives us the podcast review as long as you yes. have five stars. Yes. Uh, more than happy with that. But case, Harry Schoenberg, Will Gould or Devin Robinson? Why are you asking me that question? Because I know you're going to say Harry Schoenberg. Oh, that's the – press the my boy button. All right, let me press it. There we go. Harry Schoenberg. <laughs> I would personally go with Will Gould. But, uh, oh, the guy that's not best 22 at his side. Yeah, will be this year. He's uh, one of the most selected players in Fantasy Classic. So oh, Who cares? Yeah, well – Format. That We're the keeper league. Well, mate. that means he's going to play. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. Well, a lot of people think he will. Until it's come so. out the horse's mouth. I'm not <laughs> listening to it. The literal horse's mouth. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the listener questions. Okay, moving on to the listener questions. Uh, each week we take uh, questions from our listeners uh, off the social media channels and uh, read them out on the podcast. Now, if before we start this, if you're still watching this live and you've uh, got some questions you want to be, um, I guess, answered on the show, chuck them in the comments now. We'll get to a few that have been put out there uh, towards the end. But uh, get them in now because um, we don't want to be reading them out or waiting around for them to come in. Anyway, uh, Mason Davey, he's asking, um, curious to know your thoughts on uh, what the impact will be to players with a Reduction in interchange rotations from 90 to 75. Mason Davies, a gold member as well. Um, I'll answer this one, case because I've already written some notes here. Um, so they, there's a lot of people talking about the guys with the bigger tanks could benefit and more players will be resting on field. My gut feel is it's probably just not going to change much to actually even be noticeable. Um, we've had rotations before. We had unlimited down to 100, then 100 down to 90. Now we're going from 90 to 75. I don't remember any standouts there and any change really anything. Maybe three or four points a game because if you look mm-hmm. at their points per minute numbers, they don't spend that whole time, the extra minutes on the, on the ground at all. Like, you know, there's still rotations and things like that. So look at those point, points per minute numbers, but I just don't think um, – that it usually has that much effect. I could be completely wrong. 75 might be the magic number, but for just going on history, it hasn't really changed much. So, yeah, it's more about looking at the points per minutes and, um, yeah, making sure they don't fluctuate too much, but I don't think they do. So, yeah, no. we'll go from there. I don't think so either. Oh. Uh, Trav 014. Another uh, gold member. Nah, cool. After being in limbo with contract negotiations, do you think he'll be about to prove a point? He can be a very fantasy-friendly player, but obviously the Cats have a stacked midfield. Yeah, really not sure on Narkul. Like, You'd hope so. He does have a big year being a contract, you know, and all that kerfuffle that happened there. But 
I think he might have also just conceded that he's just not going to get a game for Geelong at the same time. That midfield is pretty stacked. Depends if they can find another role for him. But it's tough when people like Higgins keep coming in. Yeah, exactly. You've got, you know, so many other good players. Duncan, Dangerfield, um, Parfit, you know. I reckon you just hope he gets traded. I reckon at the end of the year, moves off to another club and goes and shows you the potential he can have. Because he's had some big games, um, mm. especially at oh, the end of 2019. He's a talented player. No at a big end of 2019 and looked like he was going to go big last year, but just couldn't. I think he got injured last year and then he couldn't break in after that or something like that. But anyway, uh, move on to the next question. So, um, at... Sav uh, Briggs, um, who would you keep out of Rosie and Dugowie in a league where goals are worth eight? Jeez, I'm glad you're asking this one, guys. That makes uh, it tough. No, nah, it doesn't. I think you can still keep Rosie. Uh, Dugowie purely has never really strung a full season together. So, yeah. for me, I think Rosie's still got plenty of growth. And while he may not end up kicking more snags than uh, Dugowie, I think he can be a pretty consistent goal-kicking midfielder, Rosie. Um, he gets forward. He knows where they are. Um, I'm just, yeah, I love Dugowie. And I think with the plus eight, it makes him a bit more of a tasty uh, tasty player to take. But I just worry about his body, um, you know, year in, year out. We haven't really seen him string together. And, um, yeah, I'd be leaning towards Rosie. I think there's a bit more untapped upside with him. The only thing with Rosie, I'm just worried that he might not be a forward going forward. Okay. Forward going forward. Yeah, that sounds weird. That makes Whereas sense. Whereas the goalie... He's going to be locked in forward. Yep. Could also be locked up, but we don't go there as well. Um, but yeah, so um, I just think, uh, yeah, that's the only thing I, I think in terms of just, um, yeah, team balance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe to go, but I love Rosie, so I'd be keeping Rosie as well. But that's the only like spanner in the works I'd actually throw there. Yeah. Um, all right. From at WDavo176. Um, if you're starting a new keeper league this year, who do you draft first, Raul or Walsh? And where do you draft them? Uh, definitely Ralph. Second me. that. Uh, look, I think he's got untapped potential. Uh, Walsh just looks that really steady player. Just one you can lock and load each week from now on in. I think, you know, almost be 100 average. But for me, I think Rao is the guy who's just going to go big. Like he can get you 150s and, and that kind of thing. And as a captain, he's the guy you want long term. I suppose the issue with Rao in a startup is that someone's going to take him first round or he should go first round. I don't yeah. even know. I think... For me, he's, that's probably still a bit too early oh, for I a guy so who's too. only played, you know, four or five games. Look, my first rounders, you'd be looking at like a Merritt, a Lloyd, a Grundy, a, a Matt Crouch, proven guys who know you get 100 pluses each week. Um, and, you know, at that level where they're kind of in the 23 to 26 range, you've got them for the next, you know, five or seven years scoring big points. Um, look, I think for me, Rao's probably a round two, maybe early round three. Whereas I think with Walsh, you might get a bit more value. I think he's slide to like a round three, four, five. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of grab like a, a proven merit or something like that and then top up with with um, Walsh a bit later on in the draft and you, you're going to be a winner. Yeah, I'm on the same page. Like I was actually asked this on the um, the Traders podcast, Clang, name drop. Um, but yeah. Hollywood have. <laughs> Can we get that as a screen flash uh, up? Yeah, Roy was very adamant that you'd be taking those players early and I just said I'd just – I'd, you've got to score points in the end of the day still. Yep. So um, I'd definitely be going the superstars, especially if you're playing captains on mm-hmm. as well. But um, I wouldn't like – they're the type of players I'd play take in my second or third round mm-hmm. um, if they slipped that, slid that far. Yeah. I did that in our first year. I made sure I took Gary Ablett round one. And then I think – I'm actually going to – I'll revisit this. It's a shocker. Oh, no, I took Dyson Heppel with my second pick. So he was in his, he was a 19-year-old at that mm-hmm. stage and playing defense. So I thought getting mm-hmm. defender. The third pick I took was Jack Grimes. <laughs> 
Well in fairness, he was pretty. He ruined like, his career. It was pretty good, like at the time. But uh, and he was he was real young as well. I think third year. So I thought breakout time. Yeah. I think he'd already gone like eighty the year before. We'll probably touch on yeah. draft. Read. Uh, we'll probably touch on drafting uh, a new keeper league. Yes, there will on. be content we'll on that later tips. on when yeah. AFL Fantasy Classic fully opens up for keeper leagues. That's mm-hmm. about the time we'll be doing a bit of stuff then. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. All right, uh, at Dan K one hundred and one. What are your thoughts on Mitch Georgia Mitch Georgiatis and Finn McGuinness as long term keeper prospects? Um, look, I love Mitch as a player. Player, and I'm confident that he'll one day be like a starting 18 type keeper. Mm-hmm. Not not your best forward or anything like that, but one that you'll play each week. Um, but the thing is he may have to play tall at you know throughout his career, but I think his athletic attributes like will make him a good fantasy scorer. Mm-hmm. He'll have up and down weeks like everyone, you know, mm-hmm. but um, he's got that flair that he'll go big every every now and then. Um, I rate Finn McGuinness um, also. He played one game and only scored 39 points, but the positive on that, 70 of his 10 touches in that game were contested and he was playing on Marcus Bontepelli as well. So it was like they just said, here, have a go at this. See how you go mm-hmm. against Marks um, Bontepelli. And he wasn't terrible. So mm-hmm. he's got good pedigree. He was a decent junior scorer um, to be averaging in the 80s, I think, in both the NAB League and under 18 Championship. Mm-hmm. I think they're both good long term prospects. Yeah. Makes it a tough case to keep them unless you're playing dynasty style yeah. and you can lock them away. Yeah. But I think long term, they'll both be good prospects, I reckon. Definitely agree. I, I'm a big fan of Georgiatis. I reckon he's got something about him as a, as a really, really good um, fantasy scoring forward option long term. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few on the uh, comments here across the different socials here so i'll read them out so taylor mm-hmm. q another gold member a new gold member so welcome to the club taylor um will tim english improve plateau or drop off with steph martin uh we touched on this in was it members only pod the other day um i'm super keen on tim english i i think uh we've got some stats that he actually doesn't win that many points from hit outs yep. so if he's not number one ruck and steph martin has a lot of time in the midfield um he's a really good floater around the ground will probably do a lot of the you know backline ruckman work um he takes intercept marks he's really good below his feet he, can i just rebut like if he's not in the ruck he's not floating yeah. around he's going to be locked to a position my point is steph martin will take the center hit out yeah and then float forward whereas tim english uh, will okay. ruck all the way around the ground he won't he may not be your starting in your guts, yeah. but Tim English is that mobile. Steph Martin is like 32 and not very mobile. He's going to go up forward. Dogs have their own woes up forward in terms of goal kicking options. You know, Bruce didn't do not much now. last They've year. They've got Jamaro Hagen. Yeah, not as a key forward. I think he's going to he's going to come on and go. I think. Look, I'm not worried at all. I'm an English owner and I'm not worried at all. I think he'll plateau because I don't think having a second ruck helps him at all. Definitely can't help you. Well, he wins like. 15 points from hit outs yeah, each week. But, I'm, but I think I'm, I agree with you. His scoring comes from playing around the ground. Yeah. But that's when he was playing like really high level ruck time. Now he's going to be swapping gonna, forward. He's going to float across the halfback line and take know. a heap of intercept marks. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes backwards, but long term, it's not going to hurt him. No. So I think long term, he's going to be good. Yeah. But it's just this year. Don't get this don't year. Don't get cold feet, English yeah. owners. Just this year, you got to hold on to him and accept if he does plateau, even drop off a tiny bit. I can't see him going hugely down. No. I just can't see him skyrocketing with no. him in there. So you're going to have to hold off for another year and uh, go from there. Um, oh, a really important question. Uh, Cherry Plum rating out of five. What do you reckon? This is from mm. Dylan uh, on Twitter. Three and a half? Three and a half? Yeah, I reckon three and a half. Four, four for me. I'm a... I'm an easy critic. You know, I'm a staunch ginger lemon guy. So oh, there's none in the shipment either. Yeah, no, I was. I saw that picture and I was like, what "The fuck, man!" Well, I actually put the order in. I didn't put it in there. Sorry, man. 
Well, I wanted to try. Who needs enemies when you got friends like Hef? Well, I wanted to try a few new ones. We got yeah, wild I'm excited berry, to try a few. cherry plum. So we got a few new ones in there. So Look, that's right. I'm, I'm kind of only like one or two remedy a week, so I'm I'm fine. I'm a Hef's the gout, <laughs> It's a proper addiction. I'm a kombucha holic. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question of the night comes from Mason Davy, um, another gold member. So um, Tom Phillips, 2020 BCV down on prior years. Uh, new team, same role. Is he back to the 2021 average of 90 plus? I think so. I think so too. Yeah. Um, you know, Hawthorne is still pretty weak. He's going to get a lot of um, opportunity, a lot of responsibility through that kind of wing midfield role. Yeah. Um, I think he's one that can easily bounce back to some good scores. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, just going back to – he was a Hawthorne supporter as a kid as well. So, a bit of pride in the jumper as what well. What a great story. As well. So, what yeah, great story. I, I do appreciate that as well. So, I think, yeah, playing that wing role, which really suits him because he was stuck at forward for a lot last year. Mm-hmm. So, he'll actually get back to his roots and, uh, yeah, I think he put up some good numbers. All right, Kays, that uh, wraps it up for another week. So get on our socials, uh, Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Really hit up that Instagram. We've got no followers on that one. We're actually putting stuff out on it now, which is good. Um, so get on board that. Give us a follow there and give us a helping hand. It's actually a good tool to reach AFL players, I've noticed. So, um, yeah, if we can actually get a following and look like we're not nobodies on that, that'd be great. That would <laughs> so be when, nice. When we tweet them and send them private messages, they don't think uh, we're just weirdos. So, uh, yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah, anything else to add? I guess T-shirts, membership, if you want to keen to jump T-shirts, on. T-shirts, memberships, it's all starting to heat up now. It's, uh, I'm starting to get really excited doing this research. Yeah, it's, for sure. Uh, I'm pumped for this season. We're going to try to do these streams every week, at least for the off-season. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much work it's going to be to do, whether it's sustainable with a full-time job. But uh, luckily, I've got... Off-season uh, streams, let's, yeah. let's roll with that. Let's roll with that, and we might go forward after that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. All right, thanks for joining us, listeners. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Hope you enjoy the pod. Uh, all the team analysis articles will be out on the website keepleagpod.com.au this week plus some other bits and pieces around the place as well so get excited for that and uh, yeah we'll talk to you soon see you guys